Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 17th of February. India recorded more than 11,500 COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours and the total COVID tally stood at the 1.09 crore or 10.9 million mark. 100 deaths linked to the virus were reported in the same period, while the death toll stood at 1,55,000. Close to 90 lakh people have been given the vaccine so far under the nationwide vaccination drive. Of this, over 2,70,000 people received their vaccine yesterday. The health ministry said that only one out of every 2,000 beneficiaries reported minor effects post-vaccination. It noted that the rate of adverse events following immunization was recorded at 0.05%. Now for COVID updates from different states. In the wake of rising COVID cases, the Maharashtra Chief Minister Udhav Thakre yesterday told authorities to take strict measures to enforce guidelines to tackle the pandemic. Thakre also warned citizens to follow the rules or be prepared to face another round of lockdown. Delhi, meanwhile, recorded 94 cases in the last 24 hours, which is the lowest figure in over nine months. The Karnataka government yesterday issued fresh COVID guidelines for people coming from Kerala, which has been seeing a rise in cases. People coming to Karnataka from Kerala would now have to produce a negative RT-PCR certificate not older than 72 hours. The move came in the wake of 42 students from a nursing college in Bengaluru testing positive yesterday. 70% of the students from the nursing college are from Kerala. The state government added that passengers arriving from the United Kingdom, Brazil and South Africa will also have to bring negative RT-PCR certificates. International passengers would also have to undergo a 14-day home quarantine and an RT-PCR test on the seventh day. The Bombay High Court today granted transit anticipatory bail for three weeks to Nikita Jacob. Nikita is a Mumbai-based lawyer and activist whom the Delhi police want to arrest for editing the toolkit tweeted by Swedish climate campaigner Greta Thunberg in support of the farmer protests in India. The police had filed an FIR on February 4th, alleging that the toolkit tweeted by Thunberg indicated a conspiracy behind the public backlash against the Modi government's farm laws. The police claimed that the toolkit was created by Nikita and her associates Disha Ravi and Shantanu Muluk. It claimed that this was done at the behest of the Poetic Justice Foundation, which they have accused without any evidence of being a pro-Khalistani group based out of Canada. Shantanu and Nikita had both been issued non-bailable arrest warrants on February 12th. Disha, who is accused of editing the toolkit tweeted by Thunberg, is in the Delhi police's custody. Fellow accused Shantanu, meanwhile, was granted a 10-day anticipatory bail by the Aurangabad bench of the Bombay High Court yesterday. Nikita was questioned at her Mumbai home on the 11th of February, where the police had seized her electronic devices and personal papers, according to her lawyers. During her hearing, Nikita's counsel Mihir Desai rejected the police's claim that the toolkit was evidence of a conspiracy to unleash violence on the Republic Day. He said, and I quote, There is not a word of violence in the toolkit or of taking over the red fort. It was a document prepared by many to make people aware of the farmer protests. No one even knew about the said toolkit before Thunberg tweeted it. The Indian Express reported today that the Delhi police's FIR in connection with the toolkit claims that the document quote-unquote gave a call for economic warfare against India and certain Indian companies. The FIR alleged further, and I quote again, There is also a call to protest specifically outside Indian embassies and target symbols linked to Indian culture such as yoga and chai. Meanwhile, Haryana Home Minister Anil Vij yesterday clarified his tweet related to activist Disha Ravi. Vij had put out a tweet on Monday which had drawn backlash on social media. A Bengaluru-based group called Campaign Against Hate Speech had filed a police complaint against him. His tweet read, and I quote, 
those with seeds of anti-national thought must be fully destroyed, whether it is Disha Ravi or anyone else. Unquote. Defending his tweet yesterday, the minister said, and I quote again, I didn't call for the destruction of those people. I called for the destruction of the thought process which is against the nation. We want to purify thoughts. Unquote. In another development related to the farmer protests, the Delhi police yesterday arrested a 30-year-old mechanic for his alleged role in the violence at the Red Fort on 26 January. Maninder Singh has been accused of swinging swords that quote-unquote motivated, radicalised and energised the violent anti-national elements at the Red Fort. The police have recovered two swords from his house in Swaroopnagar. According to the police, Singh had disclosed that he was radicalised after seeing provocative Facebook posts on various groups. The police added that Singh was highly motivated by speeches delivered at the Singhu border. They did not, however, elaborate on how it pushed Singh to allegedly turn violent. Speaking of activist Disha Ravi's arrest, she has been portrayed in a negative light by a section of the media. Since her arrest, she has been linked to pro-Khalistani elements without any evidence. In her latest report on Newslaundry.com, Barkha Kumari gives a detailed account of who Disha Ravi really is and how she is seen by the people in her social circles. A Bengaluru-based activist who worked with Disha last year said, and I quote, any youngster in Bengaluru who is into environmental activism has probably heard of Disha. She would turn up for all protests against animal cruelty, tree felling, farmers' movement and climate justice. Unquote. You can read the full report on newslaundry.com. It is titled, How Disha Ravi Came to Join Greta Thunberg's Climate Justice Cause. While you're on our website, you will find in-depth news stories in various formats like podcasts, explainers, ground reports, interviews, media critique and much more. We at News Laundry strive to bring the people stories that matter. We are able to do this because we are a 100% ad-free platform. Because remember, when the advertiser pays, the advertiser is served. And when the public pays, the public is served. So if you like what we do, support us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com. Subscriptions start at just 300 rupees per month. A Delhi court today acquitted journalist Priya Ramani in a defamation case filed against her by former minister M.J. Akbar. The court said, and I quote, The case of the complainant is not proved. You are acquitted from the present case, unquote. The court said that the defence of truth in public interest had been accepted. It noted that right to reputation cannot be protected at the cost of right to dignity. It disregarded Akbar's contention about his quote-unquote stellar reputation and accepted that Akbar was not a man of stellar reputation. The court also said that a woman has the right to put her grievance out even after decades. Ramani had made allegations of sexual misconduct against Akbar in 2018 in the wake of the MeToo movement in India. In response, Akbar had filed a defamation suit against Ramani on October 15 last year. Ramani had pleaded not guilty in the case. In the wake of the case, Akbar had also stepped down from his post as a union minister. A day after she was removed as the lieutenant governor of Puducherry, Kiran Bedi today thanked the Modi government for a lifetime experience. She said that whatever she had done was quote-unquote a sacred duty. Bedi was removed as the lieutenant governor of Puducherry yesterday. The governor of Telangana, Tamilisai Sundara Rajan, has been given the additional charge till a formal appointment is made to the post. Bedi's removal came in the backdrop of the upcoming polls in the Union Territory. Puducherry Chief Minister V. Narayana Sami had been demanding Bedi's removal. He had said in January that Bedi was not allowing the elected government to function by interfering in routine administration. The Chief Minister had started a sit-in protest for her removal in January. 
The minister had said that the demand for her removal was not a new one, but she was overreaching her powers more than ever before. A convoy of 20 foreign diplomats arrived in Srinagar today for a two-day visit to Jammu and Kashmir to study the situation on the ground since the special status of the region was scrapped in August 2019. The delegation is led by European Union Ambassador Hugo Astuto, who is accompanied by French and Italian envoys, among others. Diplomats from 24 countries are a part of the group. The local newspaper Greater Kashmir reported that envoys are expected to meet political leaders and representatives of mainstream media. They will also meet the newly appointed District Development Council members and stakeholders in the hospitality sector. The Hindu reported, however, that no meetings with former Chief Ministers Farooq Abdullah, Umar Abdullah and Mehbooba Mufti are on the agenda so far. Ahead of their last year's visit to the valley, the diplomats had asked to meet former Chief Ministers but they were all in detention at the time. India has organized two visits for foreign envoys since it abrogated Article 370 and divided Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh into two union territories. The move was accompanied by a harsh crackdown, including heavy deployment of thousands of additional troops. Besides, there was also a sweeping curfew, several arrests and a blanket communications blackout. The foreign visit drew criticism from the opposition. People's Conference leader Omar Abdullah said that the visit served no purpose as the delegation will be allowed to quote-unquote meet only hand-picked individuals. In another update from the valley, the National Conference leader Hilal Lone was arrested on Monday under the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or UAPA. The Hindu reported that he was arrested for delivering a speech while campaigning for the District Development Council elections in Bandipura last year. Hilal Lone is the son of senior National Conference leader and MP Akbar Lone. Nepal Foreign Minister Pradeep Gyawali said yesterday that the country has lodged a formal objection against the Tripura Chief Minister's recent remarks. The Chief Minister Biplab Deb on Saturday had quoted Home Minister Amit Shah and said that the BJP would soon form governments in Sri Lanka and Nepal. Replying to a tweet that shared a news report on Deb's remarks, the Nepal foreign minister had said that a formal objection in the matter had already been conveyed to India. This is the first high-level response from Nepal after Deb's comments which were first reported on Monday. Meanwhile, Nilambar Acharya, Nepal's ambassador in India, also spoke to an official at the Ministry of External Affairs to express his reservations on the matter. According to the newspaper Kathmandu Post, the foreign minister reportedly assured that it would address the matter in its regular press briefing tomorrow. Now for some international updates, thousands of protesters once again took to the streets of Myanmar's Yangon today to protest against the military coup on February 1st. The intensified protests came after a fresh charge that was announced against the former democratic leader Aung San Suu Kyi. The leader, who has not been seen in public since the military takeover, appeared in court by video link yesterday, her lawyer said. Across Yangon, protesters marched with red flags indicating support for their elected government. Red is the colour of Suu Kyi's party, National League for Democracy. Protesters blocked roads by holding sit-in protests and by drivers who held a quote-unquote breakdown protest, parking their cars with bonnets open. Suu Kyi's lawyer said that the police had submitted charges against her to the court yesterday, including a new allegation. It stated that she violated a national disaster law by breaching COVID regulations during her last year's election. Suu Kyi was already accused of illegally importing walkie-talkies. Suu Kyi's party, NLD, had won last year's elections in a landslide, but the military had denounced the results, calling them fraudulent. More than 450 people have been arrested for protesting since the coup, while the military has reportedly imposed communication blackouts. Yesterday, an internet blackout was imposed for the third consecutive night. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers, more than 109.5 million people have been infected by the virus so far, of which more than 61.6 million people have recovered. 
the pandemic has claimed the lives of over 2.4 million people since it began. Before I wrap up, I'd like to tell you about the latest report by News Laundry's Meghnath and Shambhavi. They infiltrated the Telegram groups of BJP leader Kapil Mishra's online network Hindu ecosystem to see what they do and how they operate. They found out how the network of over 20,000 people creates propaganda material and how it comes up with toxic narratives. They also detailed how it manufactures trends across social media platforms to whip up communal hatred and bigotry. Their report is filled with photographic evidence of how it all transpires and with some great illustrations by Shambhavi Thakur. I urge you to go to newslaundry.com after listening to this podcast and check out their report. It is titled, Hate Factory, Inside Kapil Mishra's Hindu Ecosystem. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.